What is the answer to 99 out of 100 questions? Money. Look, man, all these jokers have got a lot of money and it belongs to me. I want to know who they are and what they're doing with it. I'm sorry about that, man. I really am. Money does bad things to people. There ain't no excuse for it. Money. 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 I'm going to say money. And I'm going to say welcome to the We Are Money podcast. <laughs> I'm Brad Beasley along with my co-host David Beasley. Hello. And Rebecca Deeser. Hello, everybody. And Rebecca Deeser, fresh off the uh, the trip from uh, to Chinatown. Yes. Yes. You're China. going for China, not Chinatown. <laughs> the yes. People's Republic the of People's China. Republic. <laughs> yes. Oh, so we should watch what we say because now she's yes. on, on a list. <gasps> yes. Multiple lists. Multiple lists. In multiple languages <laughs> and dialects. Well, that sounds good. Well, welcome, everybody. And uh, once again, we had really good feedback from our last podcast. And we thank all of you uh, listeners for listening to us. And, you know, this, uh, what we have is a, a special guest with us in our podcast studio today here at Beasley Mitchell and Company, uh, Mr. Eric Walton. Uh, Eric is a uh, financial advisor and financial planner with Spence Asset Management. Uh, and like I said, we're going to talk more about what he does. But uh, Eric, uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. You know, David asked one question to all of our guests when we have them. What, what would you say you do here? So what does an investment advisor do? We wear many different hats. Um, first thing that financial advisor is going to do is meet with individual clients and make sure that their investment objectives are met in kind of ever-changing market environments is really what we try to do. Well, we have a really changing market right now. Uh a little bit troubling at this point in time as we have many clients calling and a little concerned with uh, their finances and what has essentially happened at the beginning of this year. So how do you keep your clients happy? I mean, when they're calling, saying the, the markets, they probably don't call you when the market's doing great a whole lot, <laughs> but they probably call you a lot more lately. <laughs> no, our job's actually easy when the market's going up. Um, last few years has been uh, fairly easy as far as that goes, but uh, so far in 2016, uh, we don't have enough cash is <laughs> the bottom line. I mean, more clients are called and, and, and preservation of capital is what they want more than anything else. And, you know, what do you do to mitigate risk? That's the biggest thing that we have to do as a financial advisor. Um, everybody's investment objectives are different from Brad, David, and Rebecca here in this room. Mm -hmm. um, to Mine are better than Brad's, just so you know. They're, they're, whatever they are, they're better than Brad's. <laughs> Well, that's a given. That's a given. <laughs> that's because he's a little brother. Well, that's true. That's <laughs> true. So now, you know, what's interesting is that does it concern you at all that, that the old investing strategy was that, you know, as you got older, you moved into bonds and they wanted you more into fixed income and all this stuff. But now as people are living longer and, and people retiring at 65 and have to make it to 95, are, are you concerned that people are having to step out and take too much risk in a lot of, a lot of, a lot of times? Well, you look at uh, interesting question, Brad. Uh, what, what you see going on right now in the financial markets is the Federal Reserve has just raised interest rates, okay? Mm -hmm. And what people can get on a fixed income instrument is different around every parts of the world. Uh, the, the biggest risk we have is protecting that capital and making sure that that income stream is going to be there. Um, you go back to 
2008 and 2009, we had General Motors. Everybody thought General Motors was the safest investment in the world, and their bondholders got completely wiped out. So mm-hmm. what is a safe investment? Um, you know, it runs the gamut. But the Federal Reserve and the rest of the world, I mean, we have Japan who just last week went to negative interest rates. Right. So you put your money in and it's automatically worth less than when you... <laughs> Nine years <laughs> negative interest rates um, before you start making money in Japan. What are they trying to do? They're trying to get people to take more risk. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Jump outside the, you know, their comfort levels. Uh, United States, we essentially have a 2% 10-year note. Mm-hmm. If that's the safest investment in the world, money is flowing this direction every single day, um, driving down rates a little bit. I mean, Europe, lowering interest rates. Uh, Everybody is struggling. We used to think zero was as low as you can go, but it turns out we were wrong. <laughs> no, you actually have to pay to have safety of principle in some countries, yes. Well, and you know what? I, I, I get that. I understand the concept that, you know, hey, if, if, if you want no risk, you're, there's a little bit of a premium. Just the, the way that when you look at somebody has a CD, those rates are typically a lot lower. Well, that's because it's a guaranteed deposit. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's, that's amazing. You put the money in and all of a sudden it's, 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 it's worth less. It's like, and it's gone. And it's gone. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, but it's, it's, it's worth, it's, it's worth more than what you might've had. It had, had you put it in somewhere else and lost 8% right off the bat mm. or something like that. So is there like a Mason jar in the backyard buried that, that that's actually I mean, fun. that's my investment plan. <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca's not a prospect. <laughs> so so Eric, what has been like the big changes you think in your industry and what do you see as, as your changes in the industry in the last few years? Uh, probably regulatory environment is the uh, biggest change that we have essentially seen. I mean, we have Dodd-Frank um, that has come in and really changed the financial standards and what companies essentially have to do. Um, previously, you know, we had Glass-Steagall. Um, now we are breaking up those banks and we're trying to make everybody smaller, but Trying to make everybody smaller has kind of made everybody a little bit stronger overall. Uh, you know, regulations and more regulations and more regulations and the cost of doing that is uh, for small businesses and big businesses. I mean, it's, it, you know, puts a chokehold on you, essentially. Right. Exactly. Exactly. What's one of the craziest questions you've ever been asked, Eric, in your business? Uh, interesting stories. You know, we talk about interest rates. Um, we had a client walk in. 30 years after they made an initial purchase from my business partner, Jim Spence, and they said, I would like to buy the same investment I just had. It was a 30-year U.S. Treasury that was paying 13%. So what everyone else. <laughs> yes. That's and that I. was in 2013, and everybody wanted the exact same rate of return. That did not wow. exist any longer. Wow. So. That's crazy. Absolutely. That's absolutely amazing. Should have just... put everybody in it. Well, treasury. right, but back, back then, 13% U.S. Treasury, you're also borrowing at like 19 or 22, right? Correct. As opposed mm-hmm. to now you're borrowing it. Gosh, people are fighting over a quarter point at 4%. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So how much does the, um, you hear some of the, you know, the drop in price of oil and all that. How much is that affecting? I know I've um, seen some things that, you know, looking back a couple of years and the concern was that dollar was going to go to one or that oil was going to go to $120 a barrel and that was going to ruin the economy. And now it's just going down and they're saying, no, that's going to ruin the economy. <laughs> Stability. You know, you look at, uh, we talk about interest rates and currencies, um, you know, as Rebecca just got back from the People's Republic of China, mm-hmm. um, you know, as they continue to devalue their currency and, and, and why is this relevant? Um, you know, they're trying to 
boost their exports essentially is what they're trying to do. Um, every commodities transaction is done in the United States currency. We're the reserve currency of the world. So when you sit there and see uh, U.S. dollar continuing to strengthen versus every currency, that's obviously making that's a lot of pressure on uh, U.S. oil since every transaction is settled in, a, in U.S. denominated currency. Um, and so where is the equilibrium here? I think we have essentially, the pendulum has swung too far, David. Uh, it's got to find somewhere. We got to find somewhere. I yeah. mean, where, where is the bottom? I don't know. I mean, we talk about <clears throat> housing in 2008, 2009. You know, how many jobs were lost because of that? How many jobs mm. are lost because of oil? You know, right. people laying off day, day after day. Well, I know that one of the things that was interesting was that they, the people in the uh, housing industry have seen the influx of, of laborers into the housing market because they're coming from the oil fields. Correct. So it's back and forth. Yeah, and, and you look at what the, you know, you look at the individual stock market and what it has essentially done. Um, the S&P 500 has had 206 companies report so far for the, for the quarter. And uh, the earnings revenue is down 4.3%, mm. okay? EPS is essentially down uh, 6.3%. X Energy, mm -hmm. we're down 3.7, okay? And we're flat on, on the EPS level. So energy is a huge factor into the overall economy and driving the stock market as well. Well, and that's what people don't realize. I think sometimes, like you said, there is an equilibrium between price with oil and how it benefits the economy. Absolutely. I know everybody says, oh, it's a great gas is $1.50 a gallon. Well, you know, maybe for your individual pocketbook today, but maybe not tomorrow. Yeah, but if you go from a dollar fifty to a dollar twenty-five a gallon, okay, you put thirty gallons in, it's five dollars to the pocket. Mm -hmm. That's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's the, not a whole, not a whole lot of difference. No, I mean, the, the, basically, the biggest savings we've had has already happened. Right. You know, it's incremental from here. Consumer discretionary spending, absolutely. So we're going to go buy one more cup of coffee at Starbucks yeah. this week. Well, speaking of Starbucks, I actually saw a thing where they they're measuring other commodities in prices of barrel. If you did that, and I think if you bought a barrel of Starbucks, it was something like $1,700. <laughs> Expensive. <laughs> nice. That's nice. So uh, the so in closing, Eric, it seems better to invest in Starbucks than it is to invest in oil, is what David was basically coming to the conclusion of. That's that's my thing, I think. Buy low, sell high. All right. There you go. There you go. Awesome. Well, thank you, Eric Walton from Spence Asset Management. We always uh, enjoy that and always have, uh, you know, try to have some good guests on here. And Eric, thank you very much for, uh, for everything you do for us. Absolutely. Thank you very much for having me. Sounds good. Now we're going on to my favorite, my favorite clip. Once again, you're listening to the Beasley Mitchell uh, We Are Money podcast, David, and my, my favorite segment is. All right, Brad, a little, to get a little bit of your G thing going nice. with, with that. Um, and this segment, of course, is a if Brad thing. ruled the world. Not, not G string, okay, G, G thing. thing. Okay, thank you. Gangsta, for those that have seen uh, Straight out of Compton. Compton. You know, we're kind of a thuggish firm here. It is. <laughs> yes. What's <laughs> that? <laughs> don't get a shot, Brad. We don't want to start an East Coast, West Coast thing with accounting firms. You know, have to go up against the big East Coast ones, though. I know, I know. It'd be hard. Unless yeah. it's dance fighting. Yes, <laughs> It's like credit and debit against each other. You <laughs> yes, know? there you go. Yep. So I got 10 questions for you, Brad, and please verify that you have not seen these questions or heard them. I have not. 
Awesome. Okay. So we're starting out. Question number one, very applicable with our guest today. What is one thing you would change in the way stock markets are run? The way stock markets are run. Ooh, I think that I really have a problem with the after hours market, Eric. Uh, I'd like your opinion on it a little bit. I have a problem with the fact that only limited people have access to these after hour markets. I mean, I, I, maybe I don't understand it enough, but that's the one thing I'd like to it, know a little like more about. Is this like trading after dark? It is. After hours, the numbers <laughs> change and they change drastically. Absolutely. Um, I wouldn't advise trading after hours. Essentially, you have very, very thin volume in trading. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure the benefit of doing that besides uh, being able to buy ahead of the open on the very next day when you get an earnings report. Not a whole lot of benefits to doing it. So that, that's kind of like trading places when they want to do the crop report the night before kind of thing. That's right? correct. Okay. Mm-hmm. Got it. Question number two, caucus or primary? What'd you call me? <laughs> uh, I think primary just because I don't understand what a, what a caucus is. And I just, I, if you need, if it takes longer than like three seconds to explain caucus, just why don't we just vote? Yeah. Isn't a know. caucus like what the caterpillar forms before it becomes a C- butterfly? Cocoon. I think it is. I think it's cocoon. <laughs> and out, out of the caucus came a beautiful butterfly. <laughs> nice, nice. Question number three. Should the day after the Super Bowl be a national holiday? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think um, a lot of uh, employees or employers would say that most a lot of people call in sick anyway, so you might as well have it as a day off. I will be sick Monday. You look sick. Yes. If the Broncos lose. <laughs> And question number four, what would be your stance on gun control? Nothing like a nice warm oozy. Nothing like a nice warm oozy. You know what? I don't, uh, I, I don't own a gun, a gun, let alone many guns that would necessitate an entire rack. Um, however, I do feel that our constitutional amendments are to our right to bear arms. And so uh, we should be able to, to, to bear them. Now, like I said, do we need to have all sorts of these types of guns? Do we need to have these assault rifles and all that uh, types of things. My favorite is the striker shotgun. If you want to look that up, it's like an Uzi shotgun. Uzi shotgun, right. It, I don't know what the practical purpose for that is, but then again, you know, we forget that the reason we have the, the Second Amendment sometimes is because of the, the fact that the British, you know, wanted to take away our, our arms and we wanted to arm ourselves. David, who are you billing when you looked up the uh, striker shotgun? Actually, an interesting thing. I, I was actually, it, it was billable. Um, I was working on, <laughs> there's actually trusts you can get that are designed to hold um, uh, class, let's see, class three title two weapons that are restrict, federally restricted weapons. So you can actually have a specific trust called a, uh, an NFA trust to hold these and there's special provisions. And I was working on one of those for a client that had 26 different ones of these that he just liked to shoot. So, uh, so I actually did get to bill somebody for that. <laughs> wow. No. Okay, Brad, number five, mm-hmm. and this could be the most important question all day. Is there anything that bacon does not go with? The answer to that is no. Bacon goes with everything. Great, great. <laughs> Even Bloody Marys. Mm. Yes. And what is one change you would make to the legal system? Criminal or civil? Loser. I, the loser pays. I would say loser pays. On attorney fees, on, on suits that basically come up. I like loser pays. Loser pays. All right. What is one holiday you would eliminate? Uh, one holiday that I would eliminate. Popular holiday. Don't get into like, you know, the Catholic I think I get, yes. fourth Sunday of the <laughs> year is Saint. It's Pentecostal-ish. Saint um, Brad Day or something. Yes. yes. Um, I don't understand President's Day. I, I, is it George Washington's birthday? Or is it Lincoln's birthday? Or is it Martin Luther King's birthday? I, I'm just confused as to what it is. We already have July 4th and we have Labor Day and we have 
Memorial Day. I, I, I guess I just don't understand <laughs> I mean, what President's Day is. Did you know Martin Luther King was not a president? But don't we have Martin Luther King yes. Day? We have Martin Luther King Day. <gasps> but he wasn't sure if it was his birthday or not. Oh. I wasn't sure. I don't know. And so the, the other one is Columbus Day, mostly because I just dislike people who are born on October 12th. That's the other one. Burn. Dave, what's your birthday? Um, I, I'd, I'd prefer not to disclose <laughs> Next that. Question. Yeah, next question, please. <laughs> question number eight. What is the next series that Lego should make? They, they have should, Marvel and Batman and Star Wars. They should make Lego Office, where you build big office towers that may have architects in them or accountants or, or stock markets or, or like Lego, yeah, Lego buildings, like Lego full-on, like... Like not their architecture ones, but actually like no. people inside. Yeah, everything. like you could build your own building. Nice. Look at Joe. He's working after hours. Yeah. Look at that guy. That sounds like a lot of fun for them. <laughs> I don't think you're making Legos. In the <laughs> I'm just saying. Now, let's see. Number nine. What do you believe to be a more um, difficult tax for people to bear? Employment, sales, or income? I think people don't understand employment tax very much. When we talk about self-employment tax, they don't understand mm -hmm. that that, well, oh, I'm self-employed, I get taxed extra. Well, no, you don't. It's technically the same tax. If you're an employee, just the, your employer pays the other half of it. So mm -hmm. that's the part I think people have a tough time with. Yeah. I kind of think it's interesting with the, you know, it being taxis and you're, it's supposed to be like, you know, the, the whole thing goes, oh, you get your refund. It's like, you're just getting your money back. Right. In some cases. <laughs> some cases, if you have a credit, you might get more. But, but you're right. Most of the time, it is your money coming back. Yeah. If we get refunds. What are those? I haven't had one. <laughs> so with the last question here. Do we really need the Pro Bowl? No. We should just, they should just vote and say who's in the Pro Bowl and be like, yeah, sure, you're in the Pro Bowl. It makes no sense. It is not watchable. It is not entertaining. Except watching Eli Manning get intercepted. Well, that's always fun. Every game. Well, he does that, he does that when it's not the Pro Bowl. <laughs> yeah. What about the All-Star game <laughs> for baseball? Oh, that's a terrible idea, too. I think they should have, just have the home run derby and call yeah. it a day. And the problem is with the pitching in baseball because they don't want their pitchers to get hurt, really. In football, nobody else wants to get hurt. Why don't they do... A flag football Pro Bowl. Well, you could do that. It bleeds out all the, little, the linemen, but you know they, the they No, they stand there and stick Wasn't their hands that out. the I, lingerie I, bowl that they did or something? <laughs> could. There actually is a, the lingerie league. The, I don't want to see that Omaha. with the football players, though. They had the Omaha Heart, I think. Of, oh, yes. I don't know. yes. Yes. And that. So, well, very well done, Brad. Very well done. Another good, good report on your questions well, that you have. Well, thank you. And once again, uh, we are the We Are Money podcast uh, brought to you by Beasley Mitchell and Company. And moving on to one of our fun segments, which is David's Legal Corner. The information contained on David's Legal Corner is provided as a general public service. The listeners, if any, are advised to check for changes to current law and to consult with an attorney. Listening to David's Legal Corner may entail risks. There is no guarantee that David's Legal Corner will achieve the desired results under all market conditions, and each listener should evaluate its ability to listen for a long term especially during periods of a market downturn, technical difficulty, slow download speed, or a lull in the conversation. No representation is being made that any account, product, strategy, statement, grunt, burp, thought, spoken or not, pun or other ill-timed joke, will or is likely to achieve profits, losses, or results similar to those discussed, if any. Thank you, Rebecca. <laughs> well, fantastic, David. Well, this, uh, this question that we have uh, comes from uh, uh, one of our listeners in Ohio. Uh, David, what is copyright infringement? And the a lot of these YouTube videos say no copyright infringement intended. Is that kind of like bless your heart, saying bless your heart before you start a, a conversation? It, it kind of is, and it's kind of interesting that's, that this has now popped up, and you'll see this a lot over 
all over YouTube and everything. People are wanting to post their favorite movie clip, their favorite um, music video, anything. And you see the people in the comments and or the, down below saying, no copyright infringement intended. Well, just by putting that statement does not give you off the hook. Actually, <laughs> what it does is show that you have the you, knowledge that this may violate copyright law and I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> um, so you're pretty much admitting it at, right at the beginning if there is copyright law infringement. So generally, what, what there is... What you're looking for in copyright infringement, um, there's basically four tests that you're looking for. The basically the purpose and the character of the use of that material, the nature of the work, the um, amount and substantiality of the portion used, and then also the effect of the use upon the potential market for the value of that work. So, I mean, you need to be looking at are you are you trying to devalue this in any way? Are you using it more and you're taking it away? You're you're harming the person using that. Um, and then also just the uh, the nature of of why are you doing this now? If, if you'll notice, one of my favorite um, um, artists out there, the widely talented Weird Al. Yes. Um, he does everything for uh, uh, parodies, and he and he go, he gets the permission. You'll actually see that on all of his things. He gets permission to do that. Other people don't do it. There's actually um, places in the copyright law that allow for if you're using it for educational use or parody for sarcasm, for um, commentary, like social commentary, things like that, that's not considered um, to be copyright infringement. That's considered to be fair use. But a lot of these, when they just post, people just post something on YouTube, that's, we're, we're seeing a lot of copyright infringement. The problem is, what are they going to go get? What, what damage are they going to show? And in some ways, it could help them mm -hmm. because they're actually getting more publicity. Now, what about, uh, is this still copyright infringement? I know a lot of times we have clients who play music from their iPod uh, very loudly in their in their uh, place of business or they play it as background music. Now, technically, you're supposed to do a different process if you're actually playing it as part of your ambient music, correct? If it's part of your ambient, I mean, if you're just listening to it for your own enjoyment, which is basically like people in our office mm -hmm. listen to that, then that's, that's what it's intended for. It's intended for your personal use. You're not using it in a commercial setting to do that. Now, restaurants... Um, bars and that that play gyms. at the gyms. They actually have licenses that you purchase and you, you get those usually through either, I think it's BMI or ASCAP that you get get those um, set up through so that you're um, complying and you actually pay a fee. Um, even in church, if you, um, um, there's different licenses for churches to play certain types of music. Mm -hmm. And uh, when we actually ran into that at one of my churches, a lot of people were wanting us to play some song. And we said they're not covered under the license that, that we have. So we, we can't, we can't play that song, even though it's in church and we're, Doing that, so there's different licenses there. But just listening to a thing at, at the office and ambient there, it's not really because there you're you're not nobody is there for that effect. I mean, if you go to your accountant's office because of their background music, <laughs> um, that's an interesting decision. Everyone <laughs> and if it chose you as investment advisor because of your background music or anything. No, but I, that is why I chose Beasley Mitchell. I like the music. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. That's always good. Well, David, your legal corner is always fun as usual. So thanks. Moving on to our next segment, which is superhero tax questions. Nice. And then a fair use of the Superman theme right there yes there we go but it's only for a short period of time short period of time, of time mm -hmm. inconsequential that it it's basically 
<laughs> not needed whatsoever, just for fun, because I like that song. Absolutely. So um, our question that we have today involves Superman. And we got a question that says, was Clark Kent, a.k.a. Superman, required to file personal income tax returns um, when he, or could he be possible subject to uh, failure to file penalties for the five years that he supposedly disappeared? This is when he went to Krypton to mm-hmm. check on that. But when he left, should he have filed his tax returns there? Well, Deezer, I'd like your thoughts on that. So basically, let's start with Clark Kent. Do you think Clark Kent had to file a tax return, regardless of the five years, just in general? Mm, possibly, yes. He would be considered a non-resident alien. Oh, <laughs> good work, good work. <laughs> and, um, but he's from Iowa. Mm, right, right. <laughs> um, there is a foreign earned income uh, tax ex- or income exclusion, which uh, 2014-2015, it's hundred about $100,000. Mm-hmm. But this applies to worldwide income. Sure, so earned income. Possibly he couldn't exclude any of that. Depending As on, it wasn't, where he was doing all his work. Right. If he was on Krypton, say, that's not worldwide. It's not a galaxy-wide. Right. Now, he, but, he, but he probably wasn't making money during that time. I mean, I don't know what, what tangible assets he had. I know he's got the Crystal Palace, Ice Palace thing, mm-hmm. wherever that happens to be. Well, he well he would always have his, his income for whatever he did as Clark Kent. I don't know if, if that was just a commission-based thing where once he was gone, he wasn't getting paid at all. But. Right. What right. did Clark Kent do? Clark Kent? Oh, he, he was that news reporter with... Uh, yeah, but was he a, was he an employee? You think, or was he an independent contractor? I think he was an employee, as opposed to like Peter Parker being an independent um, mm-hmm. contractor as a photographer. I think he was an employee. Okay. So I, I think he would have something there. Now I don't know what his compensation is if he doesn't show up to work. And I know that if I don't show up to work, my employer <laughs> won't pay me. I don't see right. what's what up with that. Sometimes but. even when you do show up to work, I feel like not paying you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you get what you pay for. Well, that's true. So I think it's all, I think basically, let's if, if we can set a few ground rules, that let's just assume that uh, for tax purposes that Clark Kent is a United States citizen. Mm-hmm. Uh, somehow he got some papers in Iowa. Um, and then from that standpoint, then he we would have to determine if he had income during that five-year period, which if he was gone, then he probably didn't have income. Mm-hmm. Ergo, he probably didn't meet the minimum requirements filing requirement. for filing, so he probably didn't have to file. Now, Superman and, uh, you know, going into copywriting and trademarking, he probably has his, his royalties from his likeness that he, I'm sure he was trying to receive or something like that. So I'm not sure who those checks went to. Um, the Clark Kent Foundation. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Managed so by Spence Asset. Yes, there you go. Good job, Eric. <laughs> Way to go. Yeah, so that's that's an interesting one. But I, I do think that maybe he probably didn't have to file during that time. Mm. We could try to get him out of it if he... That's true. So if you're out there, uh, Clark Kent, uh, give us a call. Give or Superman. Call. Right. <laughs> Sounds good. And now, Rebecca Deeser, your segment, Random Weather. Don't you listen to the weather. <clears throat> we got a major storm here. I make the weather. All of this moisture coming up out of the Gulf is going to push us to the east and then I'll do it. Okay, thank you for that introduction, David. Hey, that is extremely appropriate considering tomorrow is Groundhog Day. So the question on everybody's lips, chap lips, is Rebecca's, where is this weather? All right, so I'm going to describe some, some weather, and you are all going to try to guess the location. This could be anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. So so we'll see. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, so today there's a temperature of 44 Fahrenheit. 44 Fahrenheit. The wind is 27 miles an hour, humidity 35%, and scattered showers. Las Cruces. All right, Eric says Las Cruces. David, what do you say? 
I think that's okay. I think that's, I, I'm going to say Guangzhou, China. <laughs> Guangzhou, China. Bless you. <laughs> Can you spell that, please? T H A T P L E A S E. Ding. <laughs> wow. 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 I'm going to go. That, that disclaimer is not for nothing. Right <laughs> wow. I'm going to go with uh, San Diego. Hmm. Actually, Eric, you were the closest. It's Albuquerque. Albuquerque. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It's the first of February and it's really, really windy. So, first day of spring. First day of spring. Has arrived. Something like that. Nice. New Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Have you Sounds guys not good. been outside today? No, we have. They don't let <laughs> no. us outside. Yeah, I have to get here before the sun comes up and I have to leave after. Otherwise, I get in trouble. Right. Actually, David's actually a vampire as well. <laughs> yes. So now we have David's best coat ever. And we'll dance all night. It's the best coat ever. Some folks pay a lot. Others, they pay never. And if you don't comply, you'll go to jail. However, why would you not buy? It's the best coat ever. They'd be like, oh, oh, no. We'd be like, yeah, yeah. All right. So kind of evolving how this is going in our search of the best code ever. I have some tax court case rulings here, and I have three sets of three situations in here, Each in each of the situations. Two of these are true, and one of these is false. So you have to let me know which one you think is false. All right? So here we go. Um, this one kind of over food and pets. Number one. <laughs> A junkyard owner was allowed a deduction for cat food to attract wild cats to take care of his rat and snake problems. Or, a lady with many cats was denied a charitable contribution deduction for the cost of caring and feeding stray cats. Or three, a male bodybuilder was allowed a deduction for, for special oils used for competition. However, the tax court denied a deduction for wheatgrass shots and buffalo meat used in his body toning. Which one... It's false. Which one's false? Rebecca Deezer. I think the first one's false. Eric Walton. Bodybuilder? Oh. Uh, I'm actually going to go with the one in the middle with the charitable deduction for the cat care. You are correct because she was actually <gasps> allowed a charitable deduction for, <laughs> for that. Um, but later, actually, this lady was convicted of animal cruelty charges. Oh, my God. <laughs> so then she was allowed to deduct her legal expenses. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yep. Yep. But the, the male bodybuilder could get the... The, the deduction for the oils, but not for his food that he was eating. That's correct. Interesting. So then we have one in the medical realm. Uh, we have a taxpayer was allowed a medical deduction for installing a swimming pool in his home after being prescribed exercise as a course of treatment. During the Cold War, number two, during the Cold War, a taxpayer was allowed a deduction for a nuclear fallout shelter for preventative medicine. That's nuclear. Nuclear. And there are three... A female taxpayer was allowed a deduction for therapeutic clarinet lessons. Which one is false? Eric Walton. The third one. The clarinet one? The clarinet. Rebecca Deezer. Uh, I'm going to go with number two. Brad? Um, I'm going to go with number two as well. Number two is correct. That was That deduction was not allowed. You did have a female taxpayer that was allowed a deduction for therapeutic um, clarinet lessons, um, and, um, and different things like that. Actually, it was part of therapy. And then also she had her orthodontist say that it helped her overbite. What? What? Uh, I'm not, I'm not making this stuff up. I made the other one up, but not, not this one. And actually the, uh, the one for the, um, for the nuclear fallout shelter was actually one somebody tried, but, but they failed. failed. Mm-hmm. 
Can I add my disclaimer? Yes. I do not give tax advice at all. So, yes. go see no me. <laughs> You're right. This is just more for fun. So, the, I guess, I guess the, the, the model of that is if you want to install a swimming pool, get your, do- get your doctor to, ec- to prescribe you exercise. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. How much can you write off? Brad? You can write off, well, you know what? It depends on how good your CPA is. Can we go back a couple of years? Well, it's a medical expense, so it's going to be subject to Limit. the... Subject to limits. 7.5 7. 7. 7. or, 5 or 10. 10, depending on how old you are and mm-hmm. all that. So, a lot of times what helps is... Uh, Deducting that in a year, you have a lot of medical and low income. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. consider that. All right. And, and no, no, there's no therapeutic. I've seen you. I was using oils at the uh, <laughs> swimming pool. It's actually, it's, it's actually worse for everybody because you have a swimming pool, Eric. Your neighbors actually should get a deduction for having to see that. Yeah. More, more, oh, yeah. more vision. vision. It's visually impaired. <laughs> Take the sweater off. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All so, right. Well, then our last one, kind of business related. A female taxpayer aptly named Chesty, Chesty Love was allowed to write off her augmentation surgery. However, full deduction was not allowed and the enhancements were required to be depreciated each year. Or two, a businessman who invited clients to his daughter's wedding was allowed a deduction for wedding costs as a business entertainment expense. Or three, a meth lab operator was entitled to a $9,000 casualty loss when his hot plate ignited volatile chemicals and, bur- chemicals and burnt down his lab. So which one is false? Which Re- one is false? Rebecca Deeser. I think number two is false. I think number two is false, which was the... The uh, uh, deduction for the wedding because you invited clients to the to the wedding. Okay. Eric? Meth lab. Meth lab. I'm going to go with number one is false. Rebecca, you are correct. Yes. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because they, they, he couldn't prove how that was any sort of business right. business related, even like a business dinner or anything like that. <laughs> but yes, the female taxpayer was allowed to write off her enhancements. But she didn't get a full she, deduction. No, she didn't get a full deduction. <laughs> she actually had to, had to... I don't know why she could... I guess it was a time when 179 wasn't there, so she couldn't yeah. take all that. But uh, Depends on how expensive they were. Yeah. She might not have had, it, had enough income that she wanted to claim. It is cash basis. Yeah. Yep. And then, but the meth lab operator, it was wasn't because of what he was doing. It was just because of the casualty loss there, and it was an accident in there. But I think it still led to his arrest and running a meth lab. Right. So. <laughs> right. Well, once again, we are the We Are Money podcast. We're coming towards the end of our podcast, and I'd like to have our kind of our parting shots here. Uh, uh, Rebecca, would you like a little parting shots as we uh, get to started with tax season? Uh, yes. Look for your, your tax documents that are coming in in the mail. Send them to your CPA right away. Uh, if you need help, call us. We're we're looking forward to another tax season. This is our Thunderdome. Thunderdome. <laughs> oh, speaking of Thunderdome, there's a new there's a new uh, game coming out called Punderdome. Punderdome. Oh my god! Yes, it's a board game. So <laughs> watch out! You pre registered for, for that. Yes. I, I have. <laughs> yes. Of course, under multiple, pre-ordered under multiple names. <laughs> it turns out that that's the only names that have been registered for yes. pre-ordering <laughs> board game. It's pre-sold out already. Pre-sold out. Pre-sold Thanks, out. David. Bye. So, you're welcome. <laughs> David, parting shot. Um, yes, I'm just uh, getting ready for tax season, and um, in that, try to get your stuff together, get it stuff, get it your stuff to your uh, CPA early. Let's try to not get it to there right at the last minute. That helps both of you out, and um, just keep it on the horizon that this is the last year with most of the same deadlines. Next year, we'll be changing some deadlines for some of these returns, and and be on the lookout for that. Absolutely, Eric Walton. Do you like comment on finance or anything? Well, first of all, I'd like to thank everybody for having me today. Um, in regards to the markets, just remember to stay the course. Uh, do not panic with the rest of the world. And uh, remember what your investment objectives are. Sounds good. Stay the course. 1,000 points of light. Okay. Mo, mo money. 
Mo Money. And once again with that, we are the We Are Money podcast. Uh, happy Groundhog Day, everybody. It's uh, one of my favorite movies and one of my uh, favorite times of year. And, and we just like to say thank you to all our listeners. And, you know, we just wish you the best 2016. If you have any questions, follow us on Twitter at, at Beza Mitchell and uh, follow us on Facebook. Have a great one. It's not over yet. It is for me, sister. Look, I ain't in this for your revolution, man. I'm not in it for you, princess. I expect to be well paid. I'm in it for the money. 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 I'm gonna say money.